Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning, church. You can take your seat. Thank you, Bend. Thanks, Cassie, for leading us. That was awesome. Oh, God's doing something so exciting in our church, in His church. Um, yeah, aren't you honoured to be a part of what He's doing? Because, oh, I'm just going to cry all day. <laughs> um, he's just so faithful and He's just so kind to use us and to love us. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm honoured to be here today to stand in front of you. I, I feel like my life doesn't account for much, um, but I have seen God move and I have seen God be faithful and I've seen Him impact my life and change my life in a dramatic way to the point that I don't want to know what my life looked like without God in it because I'm not interested in it. it it's only like disrupting to my, to my innermost part to think of where I would be if it wasn't for the kindness and the love of God interceding, pervading my life. And so, yeah, I, I just want to, um, I guess, remind us, make us readily available again this morning, make us aware of the fact that God's got an invitation for us, for every life. And, and you know, you don't have to look like a certain person to accept this invitation um, you don't even, dare I say, have to be completely ready to say yes to Jesus, but just taking the steps towards him are, are beautiful beginnings. Um, so when I'm not here at church, <laughs> I am a photographer. Um, so I take photos and it was just before Christmas, I was taking some photos with a, a gorgeous family that I've met through um, through work and they'd invited me into their home to take photos of their family and it was a really special place. And so the grandfather asked me, he said, so is, are you a professional photographer? And that's a scary question in any creative field, I think, for someone to ask if you're a professional, probably even in any other field, if I'm honest. If you're a, a corporate and someone asks you, like, are you a professional at this? You, you might not want to say yes because you don't know what's going to come after. You might not ask, you know, want to know what they're going to ask you to do. And so I sort of just stumbled. Uh, <laughs> and he said to me, well, do you make a living off of it? And that, that just stuck in my mind. I was like, do I make a living off this? He's really asking do I make money off this? Do I make enough money to get by, right? But we, we as, as spiritual beings, as people that are aware of a spiritual atmosphere, there's so much more to living than money. <laughs> there's so much more to living than am I getting by okay? Like I'd, I don't make a living off photography. It's not enough. Like it doesn't bring me peace. It doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't give me like a reason to get up in the, like it's not enough. Honestly, and, and I'd, I'd want to ask, like, is, is your job enough? Is what you do nine to five or if you're crazy nine to nine or six till six or six till midnight, is it, are you making a real living off it? So I want to ask the question to you this morning, do you do this for a living? Why are you here? Why, why are you here on a Sunday? Are you doing this for a living? Is it enough for you? And if it's not, I really want to encourage you and urge you, let's press in a little bit harder. Let's, let's push a little further. Surely 
there's got to be more. And I sort of had this feeling as I was preparing, I'm going to drink because I'm dehydrated. Um, I'm sorry if that makes you thirsty. Um, I had this feeling that there is some extreme dissatisfaction in God. People aren't happy with God. People are dissatisfied. And if you're sitting in that group this morning and you're like, you know what, he's let me down and I feel like he hasn't come through for me enough. Can I just say, that can be some of the, the best moments in life to be completely and utterly dissatisfied with God because if you're dissatisfied with work or you're dissatisfied in a relationship or you're dissatisfied in your family, they'll never be enough. You'll never find the nth satisfaction in them. You'll never be able to be completely happy surviving on that alone. I'm like, I know I'm saying risky stuff, you know, because this is what people actually live for. They live for their family. They live to make enough money to live comfortably. They live so that they have a legacy, right? But God has invited us into so much more. So if we're in a place where we're dissatisfied in God, He is the only place where we will be able to find the satisfaction. So at least you're in the right place, sitting in your dissatisfaction, sitting in your frustration, at least if you're ready to go looking for it and you're ready to go searching, at least you'll find what you need there. And it will be more than enough. It will be beyond your wildest dreams and expectations, hopes and desires. There's always more than enough for us in God. And that's just what I've found in my stint on earth so far is that when I go chasing after the other things, they're not enough and they fall short and they're merely a a vessel to give glory to God. So I'm sorry I dove deep really quickly, but just wanted to make my intentions clear. (laughs) Um, And can I just say, like, I don't have many points. I sort of threw all of the communication tips and tricks out the window when preparing for this morning. I don't have any visual representation. I don't have, you know, points that all start with the same letter, yada, yada. I don't have any of that. So I really need you to get your imagination involved this morning as we just allow the word to speak to us. Um, on this topic of, and when dad asked me this week what I was going to speak on, I said, ah, uh, life. <laughs> and he was like, nice. It's not broad at all. But at least we all have it in common. <laughs> right? We're all trying to just do life. We're all just trying to get life. And I just want to start at, this, at the very beginning by saying and this, is, this has just been going around in my head. It's like a, the Holy Spirit's reminded me, make sure you serve the living God. Make sure you're not trying to serve an archaic fossil God. Make sure that you're serving the living God. Remind yourself that he's alive. Remind yourself that, you know, he's living water, living streams of water. And his word is alive. It says in Hebrews, it's alive and it's active. And I think it calls us to be the same. It calls us to be alive and active. So we have an alive God and his word is alive. So I think that that is just an indication of what he's invited us into is that real true life. 
So let's just pray, if that's all right. Set our, set our hearts right, set the tone of our hearts. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have accomplished for us. Lord, you open the gate to this life for us. It is through you that we now have this new living way. And we are so grateful for us, God. You didn't leave us alone in our our death path, but God, you have raised us with your son to life. And we thank you for that, God. We just want to thank you for what you have allowed to die so that what you intended to live may live in us and in your church and in this earth, God. And we thank you for that. We just cast all distraction aside, God. And I pray that we just be so aware that you're ready to meet us where we are, whether it's satisfied or dissatisfied. God, you love us completely. And your eyes are open, your face is turned towards us. And so we just turn our face to you. We look in your eyes, Lord, and we ask that you would speak to us and come change our lives afresh today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Awesome. So, John 10.10, we know it well. Jesus just lays it out straight. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. (laughs) Still, um, I have come that they may have life and that they they may have it more abundantly. And I read this again this week and I just thought, what did Jesus mean when he said more abundantly? What like, I think we've got like a, a max idea of what we think life looks like. And it's like sunny days in Hawaii or something. Like, that's the life. That's the life I'm going for. But I think Jesus' idea of that they may have life and have it more abundantly was different to what we imagined. So, you know, I, I just really feel like I was talking to Zach last night and I said, and his apologies, he can't be here today. But I was chatting with him. He's my husband, by the way if you don't know. Um, I was chatting with him and I said, you know, I feel like this message that God's put in my heart to speak, it's either going to hit people in the same way we're all going to hear the same message or I have a feeling that I'm going to say words and it's going to mean a different thing to all of us. And so I feel like, yeah, if you just want to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, even if you just want to take moments where you shut me out and you you just let the Holy Spirit speak to you, specifically about things that maybe you're struggling with or wrestling with, if you want to write it down or just say a prayer, I, I'm fine with that. Like if you shut your eyes, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to call you out, okay? But I feel like God is going to speak to us about that more abundant in specific areas in our life. He's going to say, you know what, I've got more for you in this and I've got more for you in this and I've got more for you in this. And there's no way that I can know, but he does. And so I'm just, I've been praying that he would speak to you specifically about those things. Um, And if you have desires for abundance, give them to God. So let's look at Romans 6. This is going to be the big healthy chunk of scripture that we're going to look at this morning. And when I read this, it just like quickened something within me this week. I was excited to get to read it out with you today. And, um, and as I read it, just, yeah, let's let the Holy Spirit speak about those specific things. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Amen. Thank you, God, for that. For we have been united with him in a death like his. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Amen. Thank you, God. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. How good. And I was, I was thinking, like we were on our, our Wednesday um, worship nights that are still going, by the way, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. They're great. Come along. So good. And I was thinking about this word and I was thinking about life. And I was like, Jesus, even in death, you turned it to life. Even in death, the, the zero life state, right? No more life. He, he resurrected. And so he brought life even to death, even to the, to the base minimum. Like there's no life, there's no heartbeat, there's no breath. And he turned it to life. And so even in, in our deadest, our most dead situations, our most dead hopes, our most dead beliefs. He can turn it to life, breathing, heartbeat again. There's life in it again. So whatever it is in your life that you feel like it's dead, like long gone, it's, it's so far behind me. God has life for it. And, and the reason that he has life for it is that he's prepared to bring death to the things that aren't of him. So, so fear, like we were singing about this morning, I'm no longer a slave to fear. He, he puts to death fear in our life. He puts to death anxiety. He puts to death control of the world so that we can have life in him, that abundant, true life. I'm just going to keep reading the word because it does a better job than me at speaking. So verse 13 to 14 in Romans 6, and just stay, just stay in. Come on, let's dive deep in the word. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, living in a way, aware that we have been brought from death to life. We were on the path to death, but we have been given the path to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. <sighs> I love this. Okay, we're just going to go a little bit further to verse 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. And we're just going to stay here for a second, right? When you were, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. We know that, or if you don't know, when God saved us, when he sent Jesus to the cross to die for us, Jesus went and experienced death on our behalf. None of us have experienced death, or maybe you have had a near-death experience. But we've been saved from that death experience. It's totality by what Jesus did before we came, before we were on the scene, right? So he's experienced the depth of death so that we never will have to, but we've been made for eternal life now. So... 
when you were slaves to sin, when we were enslaved before knowing Christ, before knowing Him, when we were enslaved to it, we were free from the control of righteousness, which I think is hilarious that it's in there. Hilarious. Um, You know, like imagine living your life. I'm free from God's righteousness. I'm free from it. It has no control on me. What does it actually look like? It goes on further to say, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you're now ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. And and it's just like, it, I think, like we can get sucked into this way of life, right? Um, my brother Callum isn't here this morning. He's on a holiday with his wife. But he bought a virtual reality setup. And those of you that don't know what virtual reality is, it's like, it's what people um, predicted 2020 would have or 2000. It's what people predicted 2000 would have. You put on some goggles and you like live in a different world, essentially. So many people do that now. They live in a different world. Um, right? So Callum bought this setup. So you have goggles that you, it has a screen in it, which again is funny because growing up, we were told not to sit too close to the TV. <laughs> Now it's like, you can't escape it. It's right there. And you have these controllers and he has to set up like four perimeters in the room so that it, um, it can space out like your area. So it knows the perimeter of the space that you're in. So it, it can align the game to what you're doing. So Calum and I were playing this game. I was making the burgers <laughs> and he was on his computer He was on his computer and he was serving the burgers. So he's there. He's the guy like coming up to the counter, runs them to the table. The people come up, make an order with the the computer bot in the game. They make their order. I see the order pop up in my TV screen. And so I've got to like cut burgers, chop, chop lettuce, fry burger buns, get a plate like, and you've got these controllers. And it's literally like you look around and there's the stovetop and you look here and there's the plates. Like it's, it's crazy. If you have vertigo, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, it's so weird. It's, you're sucked into this other reality. So we played this game. We were, we're advancing through all of these levels. And Calum and I, because it's like a team thing, you're like feeding off each other's energy. You're getting really excited. Like, I, we did that level. Let's go another one. We're on a roll. Let's do it. And so we'd play this game for who knows how long, because that's the essence of video games, right? lose track of time and so we were playing it for hours or something and <laughs> don't know and I was so tired but I didn't want to take the screen off because then I'd like adjust to real life again so I kept it on and I went to lean on the burger serving bench <laughs> and I just went <laughs> down And like, that was only a little bit of time in that other reality, right? And I'd fully grown accustomed to the point that I thought that it would hold me up. And then I just laughed and laughed and everyone in the room was like, what just happened? And I was like, there was a bench there, I promise. It's just it wasn't real. Um, And so I feel like that's, that's just what happens in the world, right? We get caught up in this reality. And like, like, God's given to us. Let's not deny that. Let's not live in a, a completely other reality. Like, He's given us day and night. He's given us a, a work ethic. Like, we have to exist in the world. And He didn't make us just, just for eternity. He also made us for here. 
But we need to be aware of the reality of heaven while we're here and not try and lean on what he didn't build and not try and find our rest or find our stability or our comfort from those things that are going to fall over. And I was thinking about the parable of building our house on the rock. You'll find it in the Gospels if you want to go read it. But essentially, Jesus is giving a story and he's saying you can't build a house on sand because it will, it will erode, it will fall away. But you must build your house on the rock and it's representing God's word and God's ways. I was thinking about the rock. You know, we don't have to build it. It's already a solid foundation. God's already given us the rock to build on. And, and life, you know, rushing around, making the burgers, trying to lean on the bench, that that is us trying to build our own rock. And that's us trying to build something solid, you know, get enough money in the bank, pay off the mortgage, uh, make sure our kids are okay, make sure that our family's doing okay, make sure that our family members feel supported and loved. Like that's us trying to build something solid, a solid foundation, but God's already built a solid foundation. And so every... Can I dare to say that every desire is met in him? You know, every desire for security, every desire for love, every desire for stability and security is found in him alone. It is enough. It is enough. And so if you find yourself in a place needing something, needing comfort, needing attention, needing love, like these are okay to have. These desires are okay to have. But God will, is the only one that can actually meet them and fulfill them and, and, and see them sustained throughout your life because he's that good. So it's important for us to, I guess, realign ourselves constantly with God because otherwise we will get stuck in that, you know, that other reality and speaking like everyone else speaks and only seeing the future how everyone else sees it. But there has to be something different about us because we have the, that eternal hope of, of eternal glory and that's the goodness that we find in God and so yeah let's not live free from the control of righteousness <laughs> I was thinking like we have a problem with the word control we don't we don't really want anyone to be in control except us because when we feel in control we feel our safest I think that'd be true for a lot of us you know as long as everything's clean and tidy and sorted and balanced, then I feel okay. I feel at peace. But I think that's just a temptation to, to build our own foundation. When, when God is like, you know what? It doesn't have to be balanced. It doesn't have to be square. It doesn't have to be okay. But you can build on me. And you find peace in that storm. You find peace even in that. And... Right, so we're talking about death and life and we're talking about the way of sin, missing the mark, chasing after other things, just slightly getting off the path that God intended for us. All of those things lead to death, not because God wants us to die. All of those things lead to death because they're not from him. So it says, you know, our beginning, I think it says it later in my notes, 1 John 5, 11 to 12. I think it's actually the next scripture, Regan. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. 
He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And it's not because he's trying to be exclusive. It's not because he's trying to cut certain people off. You know, if you want to be in that club, you just don't have life. But if you want to join my club, like you can have life. He's not weird like that. He's not manipulative like that. It's an invitation for everyone. The door's open. If you want to have real life, if you want to find true life, come to me. You'll find it through the sun. You'll find it in him. He said for a reason, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he's not trying to be exclusive. He's not saying my way or the highway. He's saying you were made for me and I for you. And that's the truth. I'm not trying to give you a narrow path for your life. I'm not trying to cut off your freedoms. I'm saying just the same way that your TV comes with a power cord, you came with a destiny in God. Just the same way that when you get on a flight, it comes with a captain, it comes with a pilot. When we were born into this earth, we were born with a destiny meant for God. And so we don't get angry Yeah, we don't get angry when the pilot walks onto the plane on our Qantas flight, do we? No, because he was meant to fly the plane. We're not there advocating for like that guy in the second row. He should fly the plane. Let him do it or let the man with the beard fly the plane because he looks wiser than you. You look like you just like um, graduated from pilot school, you know, like he's meant to fly the plane. We trust him to fly it. You know, in the same way, control, giving control to the Holy Spirit is the best idea, is the wisest idea, because he's the only one that actually knows. He's the only one that has any idea where we're going, any idea what it's going to look like on the other side. And so when we give control to him, and, and okay, I'm going to speak to you practical people, what does it look like to give control to the Holy Spirit? I think it's got to be a daily rhythm a daily walk, you know, whenever we're, we're tempted to enter into that anxious state or get worried or, or fuss over or try and, I guess, those of you that have got kids or, or families and you're trying to like, can't they just see, like, can't they just understand that, that they're not doing the right things or they're, um, you know, you're, you're freaking out on their behalf, essentially. You're worrying for them. It looks like giving it over to him and saying, God, I actually... I actually have no idea what you're, what you're doing in their life. I actually have no idea what you're doing in this situation. And so I'm going to let you take control of it because I, I want to be free in the control of righteousness. I want to be free in the control of the Holy Spirit because you know what you're doing, right? You know what you're doing. I feel like I've actually said enough today. I feel like I've actually said enough, but I'm just going to say a little bit more. For those that want a little bit more. (laughs) Um, C.S. Lewis, which I'm pretty excited. So my my name now is Chelsea Sparks, which means that my initials are C.S. And now I have this like little thing in common with C.S. Lewis. (laughs) He's Clive Staples and I'm Chelsea Sparks. So it's pretty exciting for me. So he said... He said this really brutal statement, but it just hits home to me sometimes when I'm reminded not to go chasing after things. He said, don't let your happiness depend on something you could lose. And 
Like true, Ugh, true. Like if I could lose it, there's my happiness. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, essentially. But we know that we can never lose God. So our happiness, our joy, our peace, all of our eggs can go in that basket because he's the safest place. He's the strong foundation. He's the rock and he's never going to disappear. He's never going to skedaddle on us. He, he doesn't leave nor forsake us. Whereas like everything else can. Everything else can. And I think, you know, we have all of these complications in, in heart and in our soul with trusting people and trusting things like trusting investments, trusting risks. Is it going to pay off? You know, I'm, I'm putting all of this into this. Is it going to pay off? Is it going to come through for me? And, and God really is the only secure, the only secure path, the only secure investment where we can't, we can't lose at the end of the day. And I'm so aware that sometimes the truth from God is comforting. Sometimes the truth from God is like a hug and he embraces us, but sometimes the truth from God is a healthy little clap to wake you up. Uh, it's like banging saucepans, because we need to wake up sometimes, because we're in, we're in virtual reality, and, and it's right in front of us, and, and no matter where we look, our peripheral even is lost to what we're honed in on, but yeah, it's, it's so much better when we when we're honed in on God, because we can't lose. And anything that we put in God. And look, I might just finish up here by saying that God's given us life. He breathed into us. At the beginning, he breathed into man, and that was our origin. He gave us life. And so we've been given, if you will, this deposit of life to use. And that's our gift from God, the, the right to be called sons and daughters of God, um, the right to have this life to live. And it is not my own. It has been bought with a price, it says in the Word. And so I have the opportunity every day to invest my life in things, in, in good things, in bad things. They pay off, they don't, whatever. But the things that are of God have a return of life. When we sow our lives into the things of God, He is able to give life to us, give joy to us, give peace to us because they're, they're His ways. Um, I heard someone say that if God didn't come up with the idea, He won't endorse it because that's what He's like. You know, He's like, I'll give you this idea, I'll give you this opportunity, I'll give you this path and I'll endorse it, I'll back it. Um, whereas Dad read out a scripture from, from Matthew recently that says, if you know, if you, it's, it's from the Father saying, if you, if you want your life, if you want to have it in both hands, if you want to take the reins, I'll give it. But like, I, I can't endorse that because I didn't, I didn't make you to go it alone. And so if you shut the door on me, I can't, I can't come through and I'll honour that. He's so good that he, He'll honour our decisions. But when we, we don't choose Him, then he'll, he'll respect that. But when we open the door to Him and we say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow my life into you. I'm going to sow my life into your life. He, he responds with, 
with overflow. He responds with His blessing. He, he gives us that freedom of the control of righteousness, the, the beautiful control of righteousness. Because when we sow that life that He's given to us into greed, into chasing empty pursuits, into, you know, expecting people to be our God when they were never meant to be, expecting people to be that place of safety that is reserved for God in our life, then it leads to death because there can't be a spirit return. And that's just the plain truth is that God didn't make things to bring death to us. He made things to bring life to us. The things that He didn't make, their return is death. I hope that makes sense. So when we, when we wake up and we go chasing the things that aren't of God, I know I'm repeating myself. You know, I, I go to my job, I work my hardest, I sow myself into it, but completely unaware of maybe what God had for me. I could very well end that day and feel like it was an utter waste. I don't know if you've had those days, right? And, and it, that's such a, a great place to be because it, it calls for a realignment. It calls for us to, to step into an infusion with the Holy Spirit again. So this week, for you practical people, like maybe if you're a list writer, Write down some things. You know what? What are some life return things that I can go chasing after? Because I don't know if you're like me and you feel bad. You feel bad chasing the things of God because you feel like maybe you're doing it for your own rewards. You're doing it for the, for the blessing and you, you just want to make sure that you're doing it for God. You're not just doing it because you want to feel good. But the, the, things, the thing is about it. Joy is a byproduct of God's presence. So we can't escape that. We can't refuse ourselves from joy. We can't re refuse ourselves from being happy, enjoying God's presence, right? I know, I feel like I'm speaking to a, a specific group of people, so bear with me. You're allowed to enjoy God. You're allowed to enjoy His presence. You're allowed to be happy living the life that He made for you. You don't have to sacrifice the joy and give that over to God. You're, you're allowed you are allowed to enjoy His blessing because it is a testament to the people that desire that joy. It is a testament to the people that just want that good life. And, and so when we, you know, and I've got, to be, I've got to be careful, take it with the Holy Spirit's discernment, chase the good things of God because you know that He's the only place that you'll find it. Oh, okay, I'm going to finish with prayer to just make sure He refines what I've said. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for this invitation right now to just love your way that you've made for us. So Lord, I pray that you would just refine our minds, refine our thoughts. We give them all over to you. We give over our to-do list this week. We give over our pursuits of the heart, of the mind. Lord, and we just, we just make ourselves soft before you. Mold us, shape us to chase your things, to chase your ways, God, because we want to see a reward of life. We want to see that return of life. As we live for you, God, you, you give life to us. You sustain us. You give back to us, God, and we thank you so much for your ways, for your returns, God, for your blessings. 
Lord, help us to see you when we're chasing the ways of death, chasing the ways of sin. And in this room right now, if you're, you're sitting and you, and you feel like, you know, I've been chasing the ways of sin. I've been chasing the ways where I'm, I'm just missing the mark every day, every time. They're empty pursuits. They're worthless pursuits. I know I'm wasting my time. Jesus just says again to you, would you come follow me? And so if you're in that place right now and you just want to, you would like a fresh start today of following Jesus as your Saviour and your Lord and you're ready to live afresh that life for Him. You know, I just urge you where you are in your heart, if you want to say it out loud, I, I, I choose to follow you, Jesus. I choose to follow you. I'm going to take that step towards you right now. And I'm aware that I'm not just saying it once and never taking another step following you. I want to keep following you step after step, day after day. I want to follow you, Jesus, because following doesn't look like one step. Following looks like many steps, but I'm going to do the journey with you, Lord. Thank you for what you've won for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the life that you paid the price for. In your mighty name, we thank you, God, and we praise you. And in your name, Lord, we say amen. Amen. Yes, God. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.